welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Glory. Glory to your name. Thank you for your presence, O oh God. Thank you for your power, O oh God. Thank you for your purpose, oh God. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Oh, if it had not been for you, oh God. Oh, if it had not been for you, oh God. There were many dangers, tolls and snares. Oh, we love you, Lord. We bless your holy name. Only love you, God. Oh, we love you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the blessing of worship. Thank you for being a God of faithfulness and justice. Thank you for retrieving us, oh God, when we could not retrieve ourselves. And we thank you for your word that affirms us, informs us, empowers us. And we bless your holy name. I pray, dear God, that everyone under the sound of my voice will experience you personally in this moment. And Lord, we bind the enemy or any distractions that will come against us in the name of Jesus. And we ask, oh God, that you will bless us to be worshipers of God. That we will be authentic with you, dear God. And we won't rush our way through, but we will sit with you, oh God. And we will feel your divine presence. In the name of of your son, Jesus the Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for our leaders who have prepared our young people for expressions and presentations during Black History Month. It has been proven that it's hard to become what you have never seen before. So it's important that we continue to lift up models, lift up those who have gone before us and those who are with us now who continue to do a great work so that someday, hopefully, all of us will be treated as equals. I personally struggle with Black History Month. I struggled because there are times when it takes me back to Pritchett, Alabama in 1950s. And I struggle when I really am honest about where we are as a people. I struggle because during slavery, going to worship was the only thing that the slaves could really do. And they did that after hours. And I, after you read some of the slave narratives and realize that how do you work in the fields all day? Pick cotton, cook, clean, wash, and whatever the master tells you to do. But then you have the presence of mind to go out in the wilderness and call on the name of the Lord. And here we are with air conditioning and heat and all the comforts of life. But when I go back and I look 
at the sacrifices and what these people were doing at that time and what we do now, I am disappointed because I realize that we are taking God for granted. When the church was the only place that black folk could go, we went to church. And now we have a little freedom. Are we really free? Are we really free? Langston Hughes raises the question, what happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Ruth, does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load, or does it explode? One of the things I enjoy about Black History Month is I take a few minutes to go back to read some of the things that my elders had to say. And Langston Hughes had a lot to say. He was born in 1902 in Joplin, Missouri, and he moved to New York City, where he became one of the most recognized leaders of the Harlem Renaissance. But even amidst his peers, Hughes' work stood out as unique. He was a talented and gifted artist. He said that on freedom, all my life I have never been free. I have never been able to do anything with freedom except in the field of my writing. An artist must be free to choose what he does, certainly, but he must also never be afraid to do what he might choose having the freedom to choose. On determination, Hughes said, I have discovered in life that there are ways of getting almost anywhere you want to go, if you really want to go. In other words, he's saying, if you want it bad enough, Deacon Huff, you'll go get it. If it means enough to you, you'll go get it. I'm living in the present, he said, I tire so of hearing people say, let things take their course. Tomorrow is another day. I do not need my freedom when I'm dead. I cannot live on tomorrow's bread. One of my favorite Langston Hughes poems, Mother to Son, you've heard it. Well, son, I tell you, life for me ain't been no crystal stair. It has tacks in it, splinters, boards turn up, and places with no carpet on the floor, bare. But all the time, I've been a-climbing on and reaching landings and turning corners and sometimes going in the dark where there ain't been no light. So, boy, don't you turn back. Don't you sit down on the steps because you find it kind of hard. And don't you fall now, for I still sees you going, honey. I still climbing. And life for me ain't been no crystal stair. Can I get a witness? Life for me ain't been no crystal stair. But because God is God, here we are. Because God is God, here we stand proclaiming the word of God. And as I prepared for my message today, I kept thinking about all the things that God has done for me. I thought living in the South was the worst place in the world to live until I moved to the West. 
and then I realized that there were crosses burning on lawns in California. I thought that was tough, and the Midwest had to be better, but I got there. And I was in a position, Brother Henry, where I was the first African-American woman to be a regional sales manager, and I had a man come up to me, look at me face to face. He said, I will not work for the end. And he walked away. I thought that I lived in the worst area, but I have found that racism and sexism and classism and biases are throughout these United States. And the only hope we have is Jesus. The only hope we have is to praise the Lord. And the only hope we have is to find ourselves in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Every time I've heard a story about Hannah, it's been about a woman who wanted to have a baby who could not get pregnant. And that's not at all what I found in the story. What I found here is a woman who was willing to get up and go after what she wanted. And I also found out that all of us have a little bit of Hannah in us. And I've also discovered that all of us have to have a Shiloh. You need a place where you can go and there's nobody but you and God. And one of our weaknesses as a people is that we don't understand that we need time with God to focus on God so God can focus on us. We can get the narrative straight and we can get ourselves together, but we rush everything. And as a church, I look at the people who do not have time to pray. I look at the people who do not have time to say, thank you, Lord, for another week. I have people who can do everything they want to do but not take a few minutes and say, thank you, Lord, that I, I made it through in this brown skin that you gave me. I made it, Lord. I'm still here. I don't know why you don't see what I see. But I like what Hannah did. Hannah stood up. And we need some more Hannah in us so that we stand up and we start talking back to the enemy. Verse 15 says that not so, my Lord. Actually, let me go back to verse number 12. When Eli said, uh, what's going on? He was observing her, and he realized that her mouth was moving and that her lips were quivering, but he couldn't figure out what was going on. So his assumption was she is drunk. It's okay to be drunk in prayer with the Lord. Because sometimes if we would just get drunk enough to take a real nip with the Lord, we could find out what's going on. She said, not so, my Lord, that I am a woman who is deeply troubled. Any women troubled in here? Any men? Anybody got any troubles at all or everything grows at your house? I got some troubles at mine. I got some troubles all over. So there was a time when we realized that God can help us get rid of our troubles. Sometimes we live with our own troubles, and we are our own worst trouble. And the word she said, do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked for. Anybody in here have a request of God right now? You're waiting on God to answer 
but you don't know whether God's going to answer or not because you've been going through this year after year, month after month, year after year, no change is coming. I got good news from Hannah. Go to Shiloh again and talk to God. And see, what Hannah teaches us is that you can't give up when you don't get what you want immediately. And many of us give up too quickly. And what I found is this is really a two-part sermon since Pleasant Grove won't let me preach a 60-minute sermon. But next week, I'm going to tell you in the later text that God will open whatever God closes. And so when Hannah gets to Shiloh, but you know, sometimes we don't understand the circumstances just because we all hear what I read and I'm now black and we're looking good and this is uh, heart month and Valentine's Day tomorrow. Some of you have candy, some of you don't. Some of you have a sweetheart, some don't. You always got a sweetheart if you got Jesus. You ought to remember that. You're not by yourself. But what I'm trying to get you to see is sometimes we get so caught up in the narrative that we don't realize that we are all in this narrative because Hannah had a problem. Anybody here who does not have a problem, raise your hand because I want to talk to you after worship. Anybody who does not have a problem. She had a problem in her own house because the woman, this is the other wife of Elkanah, is boasting and bragging about these babies that are running around that Penina has produced with Hannah's husband. Can you imagine? I don't know many sisters who could go with that. On and on and on. But instead of Hannah trying to kill Penina, she decided, I was going up to Shiloh, and I'm going to talk to the Lord. And the word says, uh, Deacon Shireen, that she went year after year after year. So what I'm saying to you, if God hasn't answered you yet, be encouraged. If God hasn't shown up yet, be encouraged. The answer is not no until God says so. And so the word says that she made this journey to Shiloh. How many of you would keep coming over here if nothing happened? if you keep coming over here, I mean, it really, you, we give up so easily. I'm not going back over there. They told me they were going to lay hands on me and anoint me with oil, and I'm still sick. They told me that if I go over there, I'm going to find a husband by noon. They, I'm still single. They told me if I go over there, this, 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 this. What I'm saying, Hannah teaches us, be consistent and have the courage to go back again. Imagine this journey. To Shiloh. You ever had somebody who was jealous of you or who didn't like you? Baker, I know you didn't. Everybody loves you. But you ever have anybody just pick on you in school? Somebody who told you that you didn't look that good and your hair was kinky and your lips were big? Anybody ever talk about you and look at you and tell you you're not supposed to be here anyway? But Hannah decided, I'm not taking this off of you. I'm going for deliverance in Shiloh where I will meet the master. You see, the energy we put in trying to fight our own battles, she teaches us you need to turn that battle over to God and you need to go into basic training with God so that you will know what weapons to use to take them out. Cursing Nadine out is not necessarily the best thing to do. You've worn out, you've sinned, you've cursed her out, and she still hates you. Take her to the Lord. However you don't like, take him to the Lord. 
Whoever gossips about you, take them to the Lord. But something else interesting I found, Deacon Gino, is that intoxication is not always bad. It is if you are intoxicated, which means the Latin word for intoxicate means that you have poison in your system or you've been poisoned. Yes, it could be beer, wine, or alcohol, but also you can be intoxicated with love. Come on, anybody ever? Don't raise your hand. Valentine's Day, tomorrow, ever intoxicated with love, intoxicated with joy, intoxicated with happiness, intoxicated with goodwill, intoxicated with good service, intoxicated with good deeds. You see, when we hear certain words, we automatically think that that's negative, but it's not. I am intoxicated with the love for Jesus Christ. Don't care who knows it, don't care who doesn't like it, but that's just the way it is. And so Hannah was not intoxicated with beer. She was full of the Lord. Can you imagine what you would look like full of the Lord? I'm not suggesting you not. I'm just suggesting you need a little inventory. So Hannah goes to Shiloh. And what I have discovered in reading this text over and over and over again that we all have to go to Shiloh. We all, Deacon Ophelia, have to go to places that cause us pain and agony. We all have memories of things that didn't go well. We all have memories. Henry, I know you do. I've heard your stories of growing up in Mississippi in a brown skin and a brown body and what that was like. I'm 70 years old. I'm still treated like a brown woman in a brown body in a country that you're still proving who you are still trying to get respect, still trying to be treated like a regular human being, still trying to get people to look at you as if you have value. I always know when I'm in the presence of one and I'm just another colored person because God has given me the gift of discernment. And God gives us these gifts so we'll know who we are and we will know who the enemy is. You cannot fight the battle of this world on your own. And you can't do it with flesh and blood. <laughs> because many who have tried to do that with flesh and blood are dead and gone because violence is not the way. The only way we will ever be free is for us to give our lives to God and worship him in spirit and in truth. And the only way that we will ever be free, we have to take on the courage of a Hannah to get up and say, I know that you're going to talk to me negatively all the way as we walk to Shiloh, but I'm walking anyway. I know when you get there, you're not going to sing my favorite song, but I'm going to church anyway. I know when I get there, pastor going to preach too long, but I'm going anyway because I need to be there. I'm going up there anyway because I know the choir is going to sing an extra song. I'm going anyway. I'm I'm going anyway because there are germs all over the place. So if you can go everywhere else, you might as well bring your germs on up in here. We got to stop allowing the world to trick us into believing that we are bigger than God. And we need to get over it and realize we need God. And some of us have gotten so comfortable with our possessions, with our retirement funds and with our homes and with our cars and with our relationships that we have forgotten who God is. Because the word of God says, as the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. So Hannah sets an example here when she says, 
I know what you're saying about me and my bag, but I'm going anyway. I worked in New York City, 345 Park Avenue. We went back to New York in 1990, 1985. I went in as a group manager with a new group. We were moving from hand-calculated bonus checks to computers. I wasn't computer literate. I didn't have a computer. Had not spent any time with a computer. I wasn't one in my home. None of my relatives had a computer. I was just trying to make it on Park Avenue. And I was in this group, and the woman who had Tim all of the formulas for the computer was the woman who wanted the job that I had been given. I won't call her name because she might be alive. And this woman refused to give me the tools I needed to do my job because she wanted the job. And the bonus calculations had to be in by a certain time because everybody in the field waiting on their checks, Robert. And that was a night that I was on 345 Park Avenue on the 16th floor by myself all night to calculate every bonus check manually that had to go to my manager the next day for approval so the people could get their checks. And that was nobody. That was nobody. That was nobody to call on but the name of the Lord. That was nobody to call on except the name of the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm in trouble. It's midnight. I got to get this job done. I got I to gotta trust you, God. I got to get this done. But if you haven't been there, you don't know what I'm talking about. You ever had a midnight hour when you can say, God, it's between me and you now. I, you're all I got, God. You're all I have, Lord. Keep my mind straight, God. Help me calculate these numbers right, dear God. And when she came back the next day, she thought I had failed. But because God is God. Because God is God. So I stand here today to tell you that God is still in the blessing business. God is still answering prayer. God is still bigger than your demon. God is still bigger than your devil. God is God. God is God. So if you're going to have a drink, have a drink of Jesus. God is God. And his power then is the same as it is right now. And the power he gave me that night at 345 Park Avenue is the same power he can give you right now. So I'm encouraging you to get up and go to Shiloh in the name of Jesus. Get up and go to Shiloh and lay at the altar what it is you need from the Lord. Go to Shiloh and call out your child's name. Go to Shiloh, call out your sick people. Go to Shiloh and call on the name. Go to Shiloh. Tell the Lord about it. Because the Lord will hear. Will hear. Will hear. Will hear. And can I get a witness? Will he answer? Will he 
an awesome God. An awesome God. And what is waiting on us to step up. To step out. And to do what we need to do. Get up and go to Shiloh on your own. Don't take no message from me. Don't take any prayers from me. I will go myself, she said. And she got up and she walked all the way to Shiloh. And when she got there, she go out and do what you got to do. I'm not hungry. There are times when you don't want food. You just want the Lord. There are times when you don't want collard greens and cabbage. You just want the Lord. There are times when your belly is full, but you need the Lord. There are times when food won't give you what you need. You just need the Lord. So today, go to Shiloh on your own. Take your stuff to Shiloh. And Pastor, right now, I want us to pray for everybody who has an issue. That you have not been to resolve on your own. I want everybody who has an issue, you can stand based on CDC guidelines wherever you are. But stand to acknowledge that you need God to fix this situation in your life. Stand up believing that the same God who blessed Hannah is the same God who will bless you. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org Thank you again.